Minister Trevor Stevens. I'm a minister at Tabernacle of Praise Church International. And this is the time of refreshing. And right now, I know, at least for us as believers, that this has not been a, this has been a very difficult year, year for many people. But the word of the Lord came to us very early in the year to shift. And to do that, we have to maintain that we are still in the kingdom. And this uh, message is going to seem a little different. But I do believe that the Lord has a word for us, what we are in this moment. Amen. So, if you would turn with me to 1 Samuel, chapter 21, verse 10. And we're going to go from 1 Samuel 21, 10 to 22, 2. And the second scripture is Matthew 10, 16, uh, Matthew 10, 16 through 22. And the third scripture is Acts 16, 6 through 10. And 1 Samuel 21, 10 through um, 22, 2, it reads as such. So on the day David arose and fled from Saul, he went to King Ashes of, of Gath. The servants of Ashes said to him, Isn't this David the king of the land? Isn't he the one that they sing about when they dance, saying, Saul struck down his thousands, but David his tens of thousands? David thought about that, thought about what they said, and was very afraid of King Ashes of Gath. He altered his behavior in the presence. Since he was in their power, in their power, he pretended to be insane, making marks on the doors of the gate and letting his saliva run down his beard. Asha said to his servant, look at this madman. Why did you bring him to me? Do I, do I have a storage of fools that you have, that you have brought me to and brought me this man to this place of insanity in front of me? Should this man enter my house? So David so David left there and escaped to the cave of Abu. Where his, where his brothers and the rest of his father's, his father's family learned it, learned about it. They went down there to him. All those who were in trouble or owed someone money or were discontented gathered around him, and he became their leader. And he had about 400 men with him. Matthew 10, 16 through 22, it reads as such. I am sending you out like sheep surrounded by wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of people, because they will hand you over to councils and flog you in their synagogues. Key word there, synagogues. And you will be brought before governors and kings because of me, as a witness, uh, as a witness to them and the Gentiles. Whenever they hand you over for trial, do not worry about how to speak or what to say. For what you should say will be given to you at that time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit, or the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will hand over a brother to death, and father his child. Children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by everyone because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Acts 16, 6-10. It reads... They went through the region of from a fear of Fry Fiegla. I don't know why I get stuck on this word. Um, Phrygia and Galatia, having been prevented by the Holy Spirit from speaking the message in the province of Asia. When they came to Mycenae, they attempted to go to Bithynia, 
But the Holy Spirit, or the Spirit of Jesus, did not allow them to do this. So they passed through Mycenae and went down to Troas. A vision appeared to Paul during the night. A Macedonian man was standing there urging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, Paul saw this vision. We attempted immediately to go to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. The theme for this sermon is discerning in the space between the here and not yet. All right. Discerning in the space between the here and not yet. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this word. I pray, God, that you would uh, anoint me afresh to speak it the way that you desire. I pray for the ones who listen. I pray, God, that you will refresh them as we talk about this topic of the sermon in the world that we're in. I pray, God, that you would um, that you would anoint our ears, anoint my mouth to speak, Lord, tame my mind, yes, Lord. that I may be able to speak the words that you desire in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So it's interesting because Bishop just got done talking about kingdom. And I was like, Bishop, stop preaching my message again. Uh, <laughs> the first part of my message is actually defining the kingdom of God, which is, once again, something that we, um, we just got done to with. When we speak of the kingdom of God, we're referring to the kingdom established by and through Christ, by the shedding of his blood on Calvary. That is the death, burial, glorious resurrection, the ascension, and the promise of return. You see, the kingdom is here right now, mm -hmm. as Christ has already been crowned in glory, yeah. but we may not physically see everything subjected to his will. So we refer to this, we refer to the kingdom as the here and not yet. That's right. So in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 8 through 11, the writer says, For when we put, for when he put all things under his control, he left nothing outside of his control. At present, we do not yet see all things under his control. Mm -hmm. This is scripture. But we see Jesus who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by God's grace, he would experience death on behalf of everyone. We see that living as a citizen in this kingdom requires a different order of operations than the world requires. Take the Beatitudes, for instance. The Beatitudes are blessings bestowed upon the people. Blessed are the one, blessed are the meek. Blessed are the peacemakers. Mm -hmm. So forth and so on. It's known as kingdom culture mm -hmm. or the kingdom ethos as it would be expounded upon in lots of literature. Mm -hmm. They call it the attitude the kingdom ethos or the way that you should actually do it. The way that you should think. Your attributes, your behavior. And you see that because of this, this new rule, it shapes the order of the old world. That's right. This kingdom culture introduces a new rule and a new way the way of salvation, or the way to salvation. And now that we're in it, life can never be the same. Mm -hmm. But many will try to use old rules yeah. in a new kingdom. Yes. This is like using Mexican pesos <laughs> in Ghana. Mama. Or using a Jewish driver's license in China. Mama. The currency and practices are fully different. Yeah, that's right. You have entered a new domain. 
So what can you do to survive now that you're in this new strange place? Mm. A place under the rule of man, but calling you to a way higher than man. Also, one not free of worldly consequences and will acquaint you with pain and suffering. Mm. There's only one way one can live in such a time as this, as a follower of Christ. You must learn to discern times. All right, come on, all right. So what is discernment? Discernment is used in both the Old Testament and New Testament in various ways. Mm. In the Old Testament, discernment was used to express understanding, knowing, listening, investigating. Proverbs speaks of the beauty of discernment by saying, my child, do not let them escape from your sight. Safeguard sound wisdom and discretion so that, they're, so that so they will give life to you and grace to adorn your neck. Then you will walk on your way with security and you will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be filled with fear. When you lie down, your sleep will be pleasant. David even asked for understanding that there was a discernment in Psalm 119, 124 to 125 saying, show your servant your loyal love. Teach me your statutes. I'm your servant, give me insight so that I can understand your rules. Mm -hmm. The New Testament, in the New Testament, the sermon was understood as to distinguish, to separate out by the diligent search or to examine it, or to examine, sorry. Apostle Paul explains in 1 Corinthians 2.14 that the ways of God are foolish to man mm -hmm. and can only be spiritually discerned. This level of discernment we're engaging in can then be defined fully as discernment is the ability to properly differentiate or make determinations, to be able to see what is right and wrong and what is good and evil, right. to act in a way that's playing proper judgment and temperament. Here are some points to consider as you pursue a life in discernment. I will not lie to you, I will not lie to you, and say that I have every single way that we can live in discernment, like live a discerning life and understanding good and evil, or knowing what to do in every single circumstance. But I believe that what the Holy Spirit has given to me today can help you see the nuance, the grace and authority God can have in our, in our lives while we are living in the kingdom, but also in the world. Mm -hmm. Point number one, the discerner, though vulnerable, must strive to be perceptive and faultless. What I mean by this, Jesus was releasing the 12 right. into the wild, the unknown world. And in the Hebrew, which, which really, really hit me. This wasn't a part of my sermon, but it was just struck me. The, the world is described as tohu vavohu. It's wild and waste. And God hovered over the face of the deep. And he called order into a world that was filled with nothing but ruin and waste. And Jesus is now looking at his disciples many, many years later. He's saying, be, be as wise as serpents mm -hmm. and as harmless as doves. Lord. What does that mean? What does that mean? Christ said, we are sheep surrounded by wolves. Many people be offended by being called sheep, mm -hmm. but there's no better distinction to explain our vulnerability. Mm -hmm. 
This means that the world has a natural and visceral intent to get the believer while they're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. The world is cruel. That's right. The world is cruel. Yes, sir. This is something we have to come to grips with. Mm -hmm. The world is cruel, and we're vulnerable. Becoming a believer puts you in the crosshairs of evil. Mm. The sheep are naturally defenseless and careless. They also are not known for making the best decisions concerning their safety. We are at our core vulnerable people to a cruel world. Mm. We are exposed as Christians to evil of this world and often many believers around the world find themselves in persecution. As Paul says, we are being put to death all day long. Mm. We are counted sheep to be slaughtered. Yes, sir. Jesus said we should be as wise as servants. Uh -huh. Don't get this twisted. Jesus is not telling you to be a servant in God. <laughs> mm. Go ahead and start that out real quick. Because the moment people start talking about snakes, they think about a servant in God. That's not what he's talking about. When we speak of wisdom like a servant, we're speaking of a shrewdness. The shrewdness is needed to maneuver through danger and to see new opportunities when they appear. The serpent knows when to protect his head and when to flee. Right. The serpent may strike when it sees the opportunity or back away when it sees it's not time. Mm -hmm. Likewise, we must be ready to wait and find the opportune time to act. Mm. Being a Christian doesn't give us a license to act of our own desire for his sake, without wisdom. Mm. We must learn to wait, That's right. see, and then act. Mm. And we can only have our one, we can only have one source for it all, this wisdom. It has to come from Jesus. It has to come from Jesus. Jesus said we should be as innocent as doves. And this is also taken as an affront to a lot of people in this age. They believe that, that this means that, that Christians are supposed to be pushovers. And cast aside. But that's not necessarily the case here. No, no. The dove is seen as a symbol of purity and innocence, usually never causing an incident. That's key point. They're not looking to make problems. <laughs> never causing an incident that result that results in violent strike in a violent strike. Doves are gentle mm -hmm. and are used to make peace. Peace offerings involve doves. Mm. The Christian is called to be blameless in the face of an enemy. Even if they, if they wrongfully accuse you, leave them no grounds to stand on. Discernment can help with keeping your reputation. As Apostle Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to keep away from fleshly desires and to do battle against the soul, that do battle against the soul, and maintain good conduct among the non-Christians so that though they now malign you as wrongdoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God when he appears. Mm -hmm. Understand that no matter where you go, if you bear the image of Christ, the world will hate it. Discern what is right and good to maintain a clear witness and testimony to those who can put you down. There was a Chad missionary, a Chadian missionary that I met, um, was a missionary that went to Chad Africa. And he and his wife, this, and this is like so 
completely different from the evangelism that we hear about in America. He was going to, to preach Christ. He didn't preach Christ for five years. Five. Five years. He kept his mouth closed. He didn't speak. They did, still did services for themselves and their families. But he didn't go to the neighborhoods and, and knock on their doors and, and irritate them in the mornings when they were trying to go upon their life. It's because he realized that above all things, the world has an eye on us. So he didn't talk five years. But he kept a persistence in being faithful to the Lord Jesus. Five years, he didn't utter a word mm. of salvation to these people. That seems so counter-evangelical. That's right. So counter, because we just got to force our way in to tell people to be saved. Mm-hmm. Without consequence. Mm-hmm. Or we think well, without consequence. There's no wisdom in that. This man for five years kept his mouth closed. On the fifth year, after faithfully living, his life was a gospel. His living was a gospel. The people came to him. Mm. The chief and all. And his doorstep. He thought they was about to do something to him. You know, when he told me this, he said he woke up in the morning, he saw hundreds of people outside his door. Him and his wife were frightened. They're like, what the world is happening? He walked outside. He kept his family inside. He walked outside alone, willing to take the risk of whatever that was about to happen. The chief looked him straight in the face and said, Who is this God you serve? Mm. Tell me about this God now. Me and my people. He then spoke the gospel. Mm. Five years. Five years of being acquainted with their families. Mm. Being having being judged as a person of good character. Not just you preaching the gospel. These people were looking at you. You. Gospel is not just a word, it's a life. He understood that. And because of that, they were added, I think it was 300 people? 300 people at once. That's a five year wait. Wise of servants. Knowing when to strike at an opportune time. We need that. The second point the discerner must have knowledge of one's surroundings, how to maneuver in them. The discerner, well, the discerner must be willing to lay down ignorance as a lifestyle. We, can, we cannot afford to waste time or effort. Because of this, knowing where we are adds much value to our approach in living and discernment and the key to survival. For example, David and Gath, um, Gath that I just read a little bit earlier. David fled to Gath. He was fleeing from King Saul. King Saul had threatened his life. David had killed thousands of Philistines. Gath is a Philistine um, city. David has killed thousands of these people. And there was suspicion that he may be that David. So David, in an act most would not agree with, (laughs) made himself seem insane by scribbling on the walls with his finger. And drooling from his mouth to look shameful. And for some reason it worked. The Philistines refused to take any further action. If they did, they would have killed him. Here's the thing David knew the customs, yeah. he knew their ways and he knew their laws. 
In the Philistine culture, fun fact, if a person was disfigured or insane or showed traits of being mentally unstable, they were cursed or they, the, the Philistines believed that they were cursed and afflicted by gods to either only be able to mutter prophecy. We see this in scripture, even in, even in, um, in, in Israel. In Jerusalem, when the, when, the, when the Holy Spirit would descend upon people, they would begin to mutter. They would begin to speak. This happened to King Saul. King Saul walked through the, the priest and just began to, to prophesy, right? This is actually something that was a part of the custom of the time. And, and pretty much, if they were in this insane state, they were either cast out by the gods to mutter only their words or to be left alone. But not to be killed. Mm. David knew what to use to assure his survival in a world that was looking to kill him. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Whenever we see the enemy closing in, it is not our call to fully surrender to what they want. Discernment mm-hmm. in hard places are possible and even strange. Knowing where you are even the customs of your workplace, your neighborhood, your driver route can aid in your field of discernment. God can, God did not call just a heart and a soul to love him. Mm. He also wants your mind to. That's right. That's right. Be ready to use what you've learned around you as a benefit for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Point number three. Discerners must be willing to inconvenience their wants for what is good and right. Mm. Paul and Rome, Paul and his crew, this is Acts 16, Paul and his crew tried to go to other places, but none of them were where they should be. The Holy Spirit urged them after a dream to visit Macedonia, and this led them to Philippi. The ministry first uh, first called a woman named Lydia, mm-hmm. a purple cloth dealer. She had money. I love Lydia. I love talking about Lydia. I don't <laughs> love talking about Lydia. Lydia had dope. Um, but it's interesting. She was wandering around in the crowd. There was a crowd of women that, that were listening to um, Paul speak, and she was wandering by and heard it. And she she was like, I, I want I want in. I want to be a part of this. I want to be born again. She was then put into the faith. She's the first one called in Philippi. This is after God. Jesus dealt with him in a dream. The second, a fortune-telling slave girl. People forget this girl's added to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. They always talk about what she, what she was doing, but they never talk about the fact that she was actually pulled out of there. Mm-hmm. You know, though after running the local law, they were unjustly beaten and jailed after casting the demons out of this girl. The local people even threw racially motivated charges towards Paul and Silas to stoke fear and anger in their people. Listen to this. These men, okay, this is, this is 16, 20, and 21, and just relate this to our day. These men are thrown out city in the chaos, out city in the chaos. They are Jews, race and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us to accept or practice since we are Romans. Mm. Racially charged.
Paul and Silas found themselves at the mercy of a system that was not, that was going to be cruel to them and lock them away. But through supernatural events, Paul and Silas were not only freed, but also added to the kingdom who was needed. The jailer who jailed them was nine times out of ten in Rome was a former slave that was commissioned to watch over the prisoners and to be cruel. God called that man the oppressor, if you hear me. God called that man too. The jailer also came to the faith and was in house on Paul and Silas and allowed them to leave. You see, proper discernment always leaves room for the Holy Spirit. Even though it may seem inconvenient, God has a divine plan that we tap into, that we can tap into as long as we stay ready to hear. There was a gentleman that I met. I was just getting off of work. And I remember parking to eat a sandwich that I had. And I saw this man from afar walking straight. And the Holy Spirit said, that man's going to come to your car. Now, I just bought this car. This will be real with y'all. I just bought this car. It's like maybe like 92 weeks old. I'm like, Lord, ain't got nobody strange in my car, man. It's my car. You know, it's, it's my car. It's like I'm sending him directly to you. By the time he got done speaking to me, this dude was like pretty much right outside of my window, knocking on my window of my new car. And I'm like, Lord, have mercy. So I'm immediately meeting this man with 100% suspicion. Was, yeah. So he knocks on my car. He tells me that he like just recently got out of jail, like literally just got out of jail. And that he needed to be able to get to all of the gospel, which is in, um, in, center, in the center of Columbia. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit moved upon me so hard, I was like, get in the car. Mm-hmm. While we were driving, we were having a conversation. He told me how he got locked up. He was defending his daughter mm-hmm. from a man who was abusing him, abusing her. And the man was able to get the correct charges, and they put him in jail for 15 years. Wow. While we were driving, I realized that he was actually not just an ex-con. He was actually a believer. Mm-hmm. And the Lord had represented time for me to be at that spot. Yeah. To be gracious to a believer who had been accosted by a system that hates him. Mm. I drove my Alba Gospel. He was denied entrance to the Gospel. Not because they were being mean, they didn't have any beds. So he gave him a ticket to get on a bus to go to Sumter, where they had more rooms and stuff. I put him back in my car. I drove him to the bus, the bus station. The rain came. Mm. Pouring rain. Pouring rain. Mm. And he looked at me and I looked at him. I only had one umbrella, one coat. I gave him both to him. Mm-hmm. I gave him the coat. Mm-hmm. I gave him the umbrella. Mm-hmm. And before he left, I gave him $40. Mm-hmm. My heart was so moved. Don't miss God's action That's right. because of your own greed That's right. or negligence. That's right. Be open to seeing and hearing what the Lord requires of you in every moment. Amen. Fourth and last point. The discerner as an ambassador must test the spirits 
to protect themselves from lies and deception. Mm -hmm. Bishop was talking about this earlier, about Halloween and the occult. And I just find it very strange that this is an odd topic to talk about in faith. Yeah. Um, I'm 36. I'm not stupid. <laughs> um, even while I was in the world, I saw things that people were able to do with witchcraft that I cannot explain to you right now All in right. my hometown. All right. So let's go back to the fortune teller slave girl. Mm. Let's break this moment down for a moment, okay? This is what she said while she was following it. Because people, I, I read so many commentaries, and I saw that they got a translation wrong. And I'm going to test you. Go to your Bible, go to the scripture, and I'm going to read you what the original translation, what the original translation says. I want you to see what the difference is. Now, this is, I'm trying to remember, but I don't want to say the wrong scripture. It's in 16. It should be around 16. But the scripture says that she said she was following them. Okay? She was following them, and she just kept exclaiming this one statement. These men yeah. are servants of the Most High God. Yeah, that's what she said. Who are proclaiming to you a way of salvation. There's your scripture, there's your statement. Does it say that? Or does it say thee? Does it say thee? Look in your Bible. This is why you have the discernment spirit. You have to test them all. There's a big distinction between A and D. D means there's only one. A means there's multiple. Uh -huh. oh. That's right. In this scripture, this demon in her that's following them for two days yeah. Yeah. was hollering behind them that these men are servants of the Most High God. That's right. And they are bringing to you a way. Oh my God. A way. A way. A salvation. See, the original one doesn't have, it's called a um, definite article in the, in, the, in the English that we supplement. You know, there are multiple things, like in Greek, uh, the Hoskin Testis, there's a certain distinction that's, that's added right. to a word to say thee. In Hebrew, right. there's a distinction that you add to a word to say thee. Meaning it's the only one, the, I'm right. talking about this thing, this is it. I'm not talking about no other way. Well, this demon was crafted. Come on, make it clear. It was saying, it wasn't saying that these are servants of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Saying these are servants of the Most High. Now, once again, it sounds acceptable. <laughs> it sounds acceptable to say these are the servants of the Most High God. It is not acceptable in this context. And this is why so you have to be able to test the spirit and why you must not throw away small words. Every single word is fit to teach us and it's for instruction. The Most High God was attributed to Zeus mm. wow. in Philippi mm. as a head of a pantheon. Well, and they had already accepted the Jewish God as a Most High God. But he was in the same order as Zeus and the rest of the gods. So I've seen people put in translation, oh, that they, they were annoyed with her because she was keeping people from talking to them. No, that's not what this is about. Test the spirits. This is about a situation set before them where she was discrediting the spirit of the, the Holy Spirit's work by Jesus in Paul and Silas to allow them to be mixed in 
with the rest of these ideologies and, and religions. Mm. This one little word A yeah. made enough room for a demon that if they had saved and done miracles, if they had set free, they could have attributed to Zeus. Jesus, mm. come on, talk. <laughs> We see it every day now. Mm. TV, music awards, radio stations, articles, people thanking of God for the work that he has done for them. But have you ever asked yourself, which God though? Which one are we talking about? Because there are gods. And then there's one who stands above them all. There's one who is alone. He is El, he is Elohim Echad, meaning he stands alone. Nobody can stand on the ground that God stands on. No worries. But we hear this language in the media today, these rappers, these singers, these actors, these actresses, these personalities, these TV radio, radio personalities. I want to thank God today. That's what mm -hmm. And they take them at their word. Christian. Yeah. Take them at their word and not discern. They won't test the spirit. That's right. First John 4.1 Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Does For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Mm -hmm. Apostle John was saying this while he was fighting a religion that looked like Christianity that is still going on today called Gnosticism. Look it up. It's very good for you to understand the difference. Very similar, small key words that make it not like ours. This same command is echoed in other parts of scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5, 20-21, um, we find Paul exhorting the, um, the Christians to not despise prophecies but to test everything. The whole fast to what is good. Testing the spirits that one must know. Testing the spirits means to one, means that one must know how to examine the scriptures rather than accepting every teaching. Discerning Christians diligently study the scriptures, then they know what the Bible says, and therefore can test all things and hold fast to what is true. Mm -hmm. In order to do this, a Christian must be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The word of God is to be a lamp and a light to our path. We must let its light shine on our teachings and doctrines of this day. The Bible alone is a standard by which all truth must be judged. That's right. This is a task given to us believers, us as believers to grasp with great attention. We cannot afford to not be discerners. False teachers have multiplied like weeds in the field. Yes. Many, many follow them and call themselves Christians. Mm -hmm. We must be willing to allow Jesus to minister to us and call us according to his purposes to get the glory in every aspect of our life, that he may get the glory in every aspect of our life. The here and not yet kingdom is coming. The here and not yet kingdom is coming. Amen. 
And we must make sure we are maintaining a proper view of what Christ has ordained us to be to those he has called that we have not seen yet. Mm. Be encouraged. The Lord is not finished with us. That's right. So repent of any errors and falsehoods and trust Jesus to save you and to pour wisdom into your heart to live right before him. Amen. Lord God, we thank you for this word. Father, thank you, Lord, for desiring for us to be discerners. For offering us the opportunity to see the word as you see it, see the opportunities that you desire for us. To claim, Lord, for your kingdom. Lord, I pray, God, that every person that listens to this, I pray that their hearts have been stirred into action. That they would no longer live a lifestyle of ignorance. Saying that they are without consequence and living the way that they are. I pray, God, that you will raise up a stand-up before them so great that they cannot refute it. Pray, God, in Jesus' name, that you will continue to move by your Holy Spirit, move by your Holy Spirit, that you would put it in us, Father, that you would fill us up. Fill us up for this time. All these words that are being used to trick the believer, to trick the non-believer, open our eyes, Lord, to it. That we may be able to live in a cruel world that desires for us not to be here. You have your way in our hearts. Give us the courage, the strength, the fortitude. Give us the intention to do your will and to love your will. In Jesus' name. The word has been, each minister has been very rich in hearing the Lord and sharing the word of the Lord. And we thank God for what he's doing. Amen. God's word does not return to him void. does not return to him empty. It accomplishes all that he desires. And he prospers his word in the things that he sent his word to. So the word that you've heard going forth in this time of refreshing is going to accomplish what God desires. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Again, if you've made a commitment to Jesus Christ, write to us and let us know. As Elder Brown said in that message, you don't have to go through any hoops. If you're in your living room, if you're riding in your car, if you're listening, you listen to, to one of these messages and you're in the park or you're at Walmart and you stop and gave your life to Jesus, you got saved right there. Hallelujah. Now it's time to grow in the kingdom. Yes. So you need to be connected to a Bible-believing church. Amen. You need some people that will walk with you, yeah. that will help you grow in your relationship yeah. with the Lord. Remember, it is not so much about the church as it is about the kingdom. Kingdom, yes, the rule of God in your hearts. You need to understand the kingdom. You need to grow in the kingdom. You need to allow Jesus to rule in every aspect of your life. And then you will see the joy of the Lord becoming the strength. Then you will see the peace of God that surpasses understanding, keeping your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. So write to us and let us know so we can we can help you on our on the screen. You should see the directions to our website, or if you're already on our website, you see the directions that you can write to us and let us know the commitment or the decision that you made to follow Christ. I'm gonna rededicate your life to Christ so we can pray with you we can help you in the process. Thank you so much. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time of refreshing. Thank you, God, for you've refreshed our souls this day. 
God, we thank you for every preacher of the gospel that stood and proclaimed your word. We thank you for your word that has touched every heart, every life that's listened to either any one of these messages. We thank you. We commit our way to you that you might bring it to us. Bless us, keep us, order our steps daily in your word that you'll be glorified in us and that you will use us wherever we go to proclaim the gospel of your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Thank you, thank you Father. Amen. Amen.